DeMontis Sabonis is the most overrated player in the NBA. Hey, those aren't my words. That's from the latest article released by Bleacher Report listing the five most overrated players in the league. And yes, they have Sabonis as number one. Sundays are supposed to be about rest, but this Sunday I'm going to rip this article to shreds right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. Matt. Why are you even giving this article and this idea the time of day? Saying something like Sabonis being the most overrated player in the league, regardless of the argument in that article, is ridiculous. You could be right. I actually have no issue with Bleacher Report whatsoever. I don't know what your opinions are on Bleacher Report. I have no issue. I know their articles kind of trend in this direction. They like to get reactions just like this. So I guess I'm doing them a favor, but I have no issue with Bleacher Report. In fact, I, I worked with Bleacher Report, partnered with them for a live stream uh, a couple of months ago or not too long ago. So I have no issue with Bleacher Report. I have no issue with this kind of content. They do write pieces that rub me the wrong way sometimes, but this article in particular, I just think is ridiculous. And the reason why I'm addressing it as much as I am, dedicating a whole show to it at this point on Locked on Kings, one, it's the off season and I can get away with it. <laughs> Number two is while I haven't seen anybody before today say something as asinine as Sabonis is the most overrated player in the league. I have seen people disrespecting and undermining DeMontis Sabonis' accomplishments last season and throughout his entire career purely based off of what happened in that seven-game series against the Golden State Warriors. And we're going to unpack this because I think I understand why People put more weight into what happens in the playoffs over the regular season, right? It's obvious. There's more on the line. Championships are crowned or their player or teams are eliminated. It is the playoffs after all. The stakes are higher. I understand that. And a lot of players in the greatest of all time debate or, or uh, NBA superstar debate, a lot of that is based more off of the offseason or rather the, the postseason than it is the regular season. I understand this. But that does not mean that we blatantly disregard or throw out the accomplishments of the regular season and the context of the regular season, especially for a team that spent 16 regular seasons or 17 regular seasons before they finally made the playoffs again. So let's talk about this DeMontis Sabonis article a little bit or, or this ridiculous label from Bleacher Report that Sabonis is the most overrated player in the league. I'm going to read for you some passages from this ridiculous uh, defense of this opinion. First, it starts out asking a question. How is it possible for a three-time All-Star center who just finished a season averaging 19.1 points, a league-leading 12.3 rebounds, and 7.3 assists to be overrated? Great question. You're going to do a bad job answering that question, but I'm glad you're already questioning yourself in the first paragraph that you write uh, in this defense. It says, well, start with the fact that he was essentially outplayed by Kevon Looney in the Sacramento Kings' first-round loss to the Golden State Warriors. Actually, you can remove essentially. He was outplayed. Anybody can admit that, even the biggest Kings homer uh, like myself. That series swung in part on Sabonis' inability to shoot from the perimeter, put the ball on the floor in space, or defend the rim. Now, all of that, I think, is a little bit harsh because it wasn't an inability to do those three things. He struggled in those three areas, but he still was impactful in those three, uh, those three areas. 
Those three shortcomings mattered far less during the regular season when opponents didn't study up and force the King's center out of his comfort zone. Now that right there is a stupid blatant uh, blanket statement. It's a dumb statement. The Golden State Warriors were the defending champs for a reason. The Golden State Warriors have not just won multiple championships and become a dynasty off of the backs of Steph Curry's unbelievable shooting, uh, Clay Thompson's fit, acquiring Kevin Durant, yada, 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 and their amazing offense. So much of their championship success has come off the backs of their defense. The Golden State Warriors are a fantastic team, not to mention the connections between Mike Brown and Steve Kerr, how familiar they are with each other, and how similar they both play on the offensive ends of the floor. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors had a pretty good idea of how to stop the Sacramento Kings, but you mean to tell me you think the Warriors were the only team in the NBA that figured out how to, how to stop DeMontis Sabonis and no other team during the regular season knew, hey, maybe we shouldn't let him put the ball on the floor and attack the basket. Maybe we should allow him to shoot that mid-range jumper. You don't think other teams were, were smart enough to figure that out and give that a try? Newsflash, they did try that, and DeMontis Sabonis did really, really well at times and also struggled at times against that during the regular season. But this speaks to my entire, I mean, the, the, the truth behind this article, and that's that clearly this article is completely based off of Sabonis' playing in the postseason. It had nothing to do with the regular season. It, clearly, he only paid attention to Kings basketball when it came to the postseason, because if he watched the regular season and watched how DeMontis Sabonis played, he wouldn't say something as ridiculous as Sabonis being overrated, number one, and certainly not the most overrated player in the NBA. There's more to this passage. I'm not going to read it because it's ridiculous, but I'll say this. Or I'll, I'll read this last part, his closing argument. And by the way, it's only like four paragraphs and all of it's based off of the postseason and, and then it's projecting to the future. It's not a good defense of this ridiculous opinion. But it ends with this. An effective regular season weapon who had a great deal to do with the Kings 2022-23 leap. Sabonis comes with too many conspicuous uh, failings to warrant his star reputation and salary. Think about how the script has now been flipped. The narrative script around DeMontis Savonis has been flipped. I have no idea if the writer of this article felt this way, but I do know when the Savonis trade went down, the, the trade for Tyrese Halliburton, Savonis was, was labeled as a guy that was not worth trading Tyrese Halliburton for. How could the Kings make that decision? Why would you trade Tyrese for Savonis? Savonis is never going to be an all-star in the Western Conference. All these things, here he comes out, has the best season of his career, leads a team or helps lead a team back to the playoffs that hasn't been there in nearly two decades, is an all-NBA uh, uh, player, all-NBA third team. Look at these numbers. Number one in rebounding, number two in win shares and offensive win shares, second in triple doubles with 14, number one in double doubles uh, with 65, fifth in total assists. Like all these numbers on the best season that DeMontis Sabonis has ever had in his career. And now all of a sudden, the script is flipped from this guy's not good and will never be an all-star in the West to, oh my God, this guy is overrated, right? It's hilarious. We've gone from one extreme to the other, and that just speaks to nobody knows what the hell they're talking about when it comes to Sabonis. It's either black or it's white. There is no middle, right? There is no gray in the middle when it comes to DeMontis Sabonis, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous to suggest that a player who had all those numbers that I just listed for you, to suggest that a player that was the foundation of the best offense in NBA history, statistically, the most efficient offense in NBA history. DeMontis Sabonis is the foundation right at the middle of that. No matter how good De'Aaron Fox is, and yes, Fox is the star here in Sacramento, everything the Kings did right is run through DeMontis Sabonis. How can that man possibly 
be overrated. Oh, because I'm disregarding everything that goes against my argument. I'm disregarding everything that he did good. I'm disregarding him making NBA history. Why? Because he struggled in seven games against the defending champions. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And look, Sabonis does have shortcomings. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that DeMontis Sabonis is the absolute perfect NBA player and he does nothing wrong. Like, we all know that mid-range jumper needs to improve. Sabonis addressed this himself. Like, he knows that he needs to get more comfortable with that mid-range jumper. He has the green light. He needs to do better attacking the basket and putting the ball on the floor. He cannot allow the Warriors or any team to take him out of his game and take the Kings out of their offensive flow and rhythm as easily as the Warriors were able to do to him. But that also is not just on him. That's on the rest of the team as well. Sabonis absolutely struggled with rebounding. He was the rebounding champ during the regular season and got his ass kicked in rebounding by Kevon Looney. We can address that without saying anything as stupid as Sabonis is the most overrated player in the league, or again, Sabonis is overrated, period. But yeah, he was beat on the boards. That's not all on him either. Sabonis needed more rebounding help from his guards, more rebounding help from his front court. Mike Brown has been very open about that over the course of the regular season. This is not an issue specific to the, the Sacramento Kings of last season. The Kings have struggled as a rebounding team, period. And clearly, even if you have the best rebounding big man in the league, if you don't have a team that still emphasizes rebounding, boxes out, crashes the glass, avoids offensive rebounds, you're going to struggle to win basketball games. That is not all put on the shoulders of DeMontis Sabonis. To suggest that someone who is this good on paper and that good with the eye test, to suggest that that player is overrated is ridiculous. It's silly. But again, it speaks to nobody is really truly watching Kings basketball that is saying something like this. And yes, if DeMontis Sabonis gets an opportunity, I should say, when DeMontis Sabonis gets another opportunity in the playoffs, I, I expect these mistakes to be corrected. And you best believe that, let's, let's, let's assume that the blanket, uh, blanket statement said in this article that no other team, the 29 other teams during the regular season had no idea how to stop Sabonis and suddenly the Warriors just figured it out in a best of seven series, which by the way, they were doing this in game one of the series. It's not like it took them two or three games to suddenly figure out how to stop Sabonis. They had a game plan from game one to take Sabonis out of his rhythm and the Kings still nearly won that series. It still went seven games. But let's just assume that the 29 other teams had no idea how to stop Sabonis and now suddenly the answer has been placed right in front of them. You don't think DeMontis Sabonis is going to know and be able to break those down, break that down and overcome that over the course of the regular season? I expect whoever the Kings play on game one to try and do exactly what the Warriors did to Sacramento. Hell, make game one against the Golden State Warriors. Let them try and do that to Sabonis again. I can almost guarantee you that that issue would be fixed. I can almost guarantee you that that is what he's working on this offseason. That is what the Sacramento Kings are going to work on as a team in training camp leading up to the regular season. They're going to address that and they're going to overcome that. And if these are the shortcomings that Sabonis has to overcome, if he's already this good and on all NBA caliber center with these shortcomings, imagine if he doesn't have to figure all of them out, but imagine if he can address one or two. He's even better than he already is. Like, I, I think it's just silly. I don't think anybody else is going to say something as, as, as dumb as Sabonis being the most overrated player in the NBA. So it doesn't even have to go to that extreme anymore. Let's just throw that out the window. Anybody who thinks that Sabonis is overrated, anybody who thinks that Sabonis is not one of the best centers in the NBA, period, one of the best players in the NBA, period, in this case, a top 15 player, 
Anyone who believes that Sabonis is not that guy, you need to watch more Kings basketball. You need to pay attention to what's actually happening on the floor because Sabonis was that guy and hopefully can continue to be that guy. But this is just one, and I'm sure many articles and takes and, and pieces of commentary before the season starts. And as we get into the season, that's going to kind of label what happened for Sacramento last year as a fluke. I get the Kings have to earn it. I get the Kings, even though they had a great season, they have to repeat history. They have to do it again. They have to even improve upon it for people to truly give them the respect that they deserve. But DeMondis Sabonis has had a successful enough career in his short time in Sacramento and the rest of his career in Indiana to be above ridiculous statements like that. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey, take a swing on betting MLB on FanDuel and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks, you'll get $200 in bonus bets back whether you win or you lose. Look at it as an insurance policy. An insurance policy that cashes in even if you don't need it. You win, here's $200 in bonus bets for you to win more. You lose, here's $200 in bonus bets to get that money back and then make more money on top of it. It's because FanDuel wants you to continue playing. They want you to have fun and incorporate sports betting into the hobby of watching and enjoying sports. It's not about just betting once and leaving the site forever, whether you're cashing out uh, or, uh, or looking at your bank account with a tear in your eye. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB baseball or the NBA when the season returns than on FanDuel. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. For those of you who are curious, here are the uh, other four of the most overrated players in the NBA, according to Bleacher Report. Number one, DeMar DeRozan. Ridiculous. He's an amazing player. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. I know he's injured, but when he's healthy, Kawhi Leonard is an MVP and a champion. Number three, Jonas Valanciunas. I don't know anybody who thinks that Valanciunas is overrated. He's a really, really good center, but nobody's labeling him uh, as a god-tier center. Number two, Dylan Brooks. The fact that you have Dylan Brooks and DeMontis Sabonis in, in any similar list or any of the same list immediately undermines any point that you're trying to make. Dylan Brooks is not an overrated player because everybody knows he sucks on the offensive end. This article's ridiculous. But it made me think, okay, let's, let's flip the script here. When looking at the Sacramento Kings roster, who is the most underrated player on the Sacramento Kings roster? You can make arguments for a lot of people. And initially, I thought my answer was going to be easy, and it was going to be Malik Monk. And if it were two or three months ago, maybe I would have said Malik Monk without hesitation. But just recently, I talked about Malik Monk likely right now being the third best player on this Kings team. I don't think Malik Monk is taking anybody by surprise anymore, even though he's coming off the bench. He should be in the six-man-a-year conversations. I know he was kind of in it last year, and his inconsistency got the better of him. People saw how good he was uh, during the uh, postseason, how much the Kings relied on him against the Golden State Warriors. He's going to have a, an extremely uh, important role with the Kings going into this season. If we're basing it off of money, if we're basing it off of being underpaid, then yeah, Malik Monk is the easy answer because he should be paid a lot more or his, his value is a lot higher than the uh, great deal that the Sacramento Kings uh, have him under right now. And that's going to be fixed by the time we get to next offseason. But to me, Malik Monk is an underrated player in a lot of ways. He is not the most underrated player on this Kings team. What about Kevin Herter? Thought about this, talked about Kevin Herter earlier uh, this, this week as well. Like, Kevin Herter is underrated in a lot of things that he does, but Kevin Herter is, is 
Despite being a starter, he is a very specific role that he does really well, and people know that he does that role really, really well. He's an excellent shooter, even though I think a lot of people's first glimpses of how good Kevin Herter is as a shooter were his struggles in the three-point contest uh, at the uh, All-Star Saturday night, All-Star weekend in in Salt Lake City. So if people are purely judging off of that, then yes, maybe he is an underrated player. But I also talked to a lot of people around the league this year that thought that Kevin Herter was the almost secret weapon to the Sacramento's success and their turnaround. Uh, So hard to say Kevin Herter is that guy based off of that. What about Keegan Murray? Keegan Murray is underrated if you think like, I've seen far too many redrafts of last year's draft and Keegan Murray is not the fourth overall pick and he's not the top three. He's moved down to like six, seven, eight, nine range. I think draft dummies, my guy Sam, big friend of mine, has been on this show multiple times, especially around draft season. I don't understand that take. (laughs) I need to text him and figure out why he has Keegan Murray listed as ninth Uh, in in a redraft right now. So maybe he's underrated or Keegan Murray's underrated in the eyes of of, of Sam or somebody else or in their opinion. But to me, Keegan Murray is going to very, very quickly emerge as the most important or one of the most important players uh, on this Kings team uh, in a lot of ways. And I think he kind of set the stage for himself with that with how he performed in the playoffs as well as the regular season. It's hard to call any player who holds the record for most three-pointers in NBA history as a rookie uh, underrated. So my answer is not Keegan Murray. I thought about Trey Lyles, too. I think Trey Lyles is extremely underrated. Trey Lyles is also a perfect fit for what the Kings do here. And I know that there are a lot of NBA fans around the league, casual or hardcore, that probably don't know who Trey Lyles is. And that's okay. There are a lot of good players on other rosters that have the impact that Trey Lyles has who don't have the big names that I might not necessarily know or completely understand. So I'm not rolling my eyes at you. I'm just encouraging you to pay attention or understand how important and how good Trey Lyles is. He's very underrated for his role in the NBA. He's fantastic off the bench. He's a perfect fit in Sacramento. He was a very close second for me in this uh, this list, but actually I think my number one is Davion Mitchell. Now Davion Mitchell has to improve as an offensive player, although I think Davion has more to his game as an uh, offensive player than the Sacramento Kings have even allowed him to showcase. I think you, if you remember, if you followed me or were with me throughout the course of, of last season, you know that the first maybe even two-thirds of the regular season, I was a little disappointed and frustrated with Davion, not because he wasn't doing what we know he can do on the defensive end, But offensively, it just didn't look like he knew how to fit in. He didn't know necessarily what his role was. And I also partially blame that on the Kings system because I didn't think systematically they had something, they had a role, an established role for uh, for Mitchell on that side of the floor, especially with Malik Monk taking over the primary ball handler duties for that second unit. I think Davion Mitchell has more of his offensive game that he still can show Sacramento along with the rest of the league. And defensively, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA period. I'm pretty sure if you put Davion Mitchell on the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat or the Los Angeles Lakers, we would talk about Davion Mitchell and his defense the same way we talked about Gabe Vincent. The same way we talked about, I mean, remember Gary Payton II, right? Gary Payton II was all of a sudden one of the greatest defenders in the league because he was playing on a big stage for the Golden State Warriors before he got hurt. Like, Davion Mitchell would be talked about a lot more if he played somewhere else. Davion Mitchell, I think, is extremely underrated and probably the most underrated player on this Kings roster. But how do you feel about that? Answer that question. Let me know, of course, 
share with me your thoughts if you want to about the ridiculous idea that DeMontis Sabonis is overrated. You can reach me uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Hit me up at the comment section down below. If you're uh, if you're on Twitter or X, uh, what it's called now, whatever the hell, uh, you can <laughs> you can reach me there at Matt George Sack. You can also email me at any time, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Tom Deerberger. He is from NBC Sports California and Bay Area. Uh, that, of course, is the uh, the network that broadcasts Sacramento Kings games. It'll be the first time he's ever uh, come on the show, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Going to get his opinion, kind of his, his, his breakdown of where this Kings team is at, his expectations for next season. So we'll have a good conversation about that. You can check out Tom and the great work that he does. He writes articles over there for uh, NBC Sports, is also involved uh, in, their, in their broadcasts uh, as well. So go and check that out. Have a lot of great guests coming for you uh, next week. I'm also going to be doing a, a brutally honest podcast with a, a guest of mine, a friend, Josh Lloyd. You should know him as the host of the uh, Locked On NBA Draft podcast. I love Josh because he's a straight shooter. He calls it like he sees it. So he'll tell us the things that he really likes about this Kings team, and he'll tell us the things that he really doesn't like about this Kings team. He'll shoot it straight. So I'm going to uh, have him join me this week as well as some other guests. So I hope you will stay tuned for that. I appreciate your support as always. And hey, still check out different articles and different sources, even if I disagree with it, like this Bleacher Report article or whatever. It's all fun. It's all based around the conversation. You know I think that article is ridiculous. You know I think the idea of DeMontis Sabonis being underrated is ridiculous, and you know I think anybody who's disrespecting DeMontis Sabonis is ridiculous. But that's my opinion. Go out, form an opinion for yourself, uh, and check out these articles if you want to. Share your own opinions online. Get into discussions. That's really what it's all about. It's sports, after all. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, maybe it's a kind of a big deal. I've dedicated a freaking podcast to it every single day. But I appreciate you supporting that podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, as usual, you can, uh, you can, if you want to, support the podcast by uh, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, what it used to be called. Go there, hit five stars. Uh, you can leave a little blurb in there about what you like about the show, uh, any constructive criticism that you have for the show. Please feel free to do it there as well. Of course, share the show with your friends. Spotify listeners, if you could just hit five stars on, on Spotify, I really would appreciate that. And then those of you watching on YouTube, subscribe, notification bell, share it, show it with your friends. I really appreciate that too. You're amazing. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.